1: Welcome to the Sonic Screwcast, where the Lorehounds, your guides to all of time and space, I'm John.
0: And I'm Alicia, and this is our coverage of the BBC and Disney Plus series, Doctor Who.
1: In this episode, we'll be discussing the 360th anniversary special starring David Tennant and Catherine Tate, as well as our hopes for the future of Who.
0: While we enjoy discussing the show amongst ourselves, we also want to hear from you. Please send us an email to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or visit our website at thelorehounds.com slash contact and either use the contact form or use the built-in voicemail. Lastly, you can join us in our Discord server. We have a fun and welcoming community and dedicated channel for and conversations. Link in the show notes below.
1: If you're enjoying this or any of our other many podcasts, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These help other listeners find us amongst all of the different rooms of the TARDIS for which (laughs) there are increasingly uh, large amounts of. Stick around to the end of the podcast for programming notes for us and our two affiliates, Properly Howard Movie Reviews, and Alicia's Wool Shift Dust Podcast. Also, consider subscribing to our Patreon for as little as 3 bucks a month. You can get ad-free episodes and much more. Patreon is a great way to help support us through fickle ad revenues.
0: And we're also excited to welcome a guest this week. Uh, so we, we've we brought in a ringer, since clearly neither of us have the right accent. Uh, we've brought in my <laughs> my my friend and uh, my Who mentor, Simon Wolcott. Simon, welcome to the Lorehounds. Yeah, thank
2: you. Thank you very much. Wow, what an intro. OK.
0: <laughs> true story. <laughs> Um, Lovely to have
1: you here, Simon. Yeah. Uh, we're really excited to to discuss this with someone, as Alicia said, with the credentials. I think this is going to be a great conversation all around.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah absolutely. So we're going to start out by just talking about our personal backgrounds in Who. Um, so for me, I, I I basically just got into the new era. You know, it was something I'd obviously heard of the show. I grew up in the U.S., so it wasn't like a big deal. It was a present in the, you know, national psyche a bit. Um, but it wasn't until like well into probably almost to Matt Smith's run that I started to watch and catch up. And, uh, I've been watching it ever since. And Simon, you have a much longer history, obviously.
2: Yeah. Well, um, obviously being a Brit, you know, I'm actually, I'm I'm actually from the UK in the Mm -hmm. UK doctor who is kind of, you could almost say it's as with humor and warm beer it's part of our national character uh it's been been around forever well we know actually it's been around for 60 years as it is the 60th Mm -hmm. anniversary so in the uk you know most kids most people growing up have watched doctor who at one time or another and of course you know i think the vast majority of people drift in and drift out of it i mean my first doctor was Actually, I'm so old. think like my very first doctor was the third doctor. The third actor to play the role was John Pertwee. So I just pretty.
0: watched those episodes last night.
2: <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Uh, he was very suave and debonair and awfully English public school, <laughs> right? Mm. He was very a, a bit, stern. He had that vibe, that vibe about him. But he was actually my first doctor. But interestingly, I watched, I believe, some episodes of the last series he ever did, and then my first ever regeneration was John Pertwee turning into Tom Baker. And I can remember mm. that so clearly. It was many, many years ago. I can remember that so clearly because it was a real, like, wow. It was a real shock, you know, because uh, there was a, an episode where he was, I believe he was bitten by a giant spider. And, oh. then, and then he fell on the floor. And, and then I remember at the time thinking, oh, my God, he's going to die. And then he changed. He did and die, yeah. He regenerated. He did die. He regenerated and became Tom Baker. So, so. Were
1: you not aware that the regeneration was even a possibility at this no. point? No, okay. at this point,
2: no, I was a kid. At this point, I really I must have been Interesting. Five, five or six at that time. So I had no idea. Doctor Who was just, for me, something I, Doctor Who was this, I, I knew because of the Daleks and I knew it was a sci-fi and it was just a show that a lot of kids watch but of course at that point in time I had no idea about the really the concept where he was from I knew he had the TARDIS I knew the police box and uh, I knew he had the TARDIS and but the mythology that's built up around Doctor Who and things like the regeneration no that was so I think for a lot of kids you know, when you first see that it was really a big Deal. It was quite surprising because suddenly, you know, and you can imagine it was the, the it was the BBC in the seventies mm-hmm. and Doctor Who in those days really didn't have a very large budget, uh, but it was still kind of mind blowing to see a regeneration. I don't know if they they probably used right. stop frame photography and mix it somehow, but it, it was quite amazing that he went from this grey haired, white haired guy into this young guy with huge black curly hair. Uh, Tom Baker was really my Doctor and then he regenerated into Peter Davidson which became the fifth Doctor and I watched uh, by that time I was already I think in my early teens and I watched some of the series but I think I actually kind of stopped watching it around that time so I really didn't watch it again until the Restart till uh, the show started again with David Tennant. No, it wasn't David Tennant. It was Christopher Eccleston. Right. Until, the, until what we call New Who started. Mm-hmm. Um, when was that? Uh, two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand five. When that two
0: thousand five, yeah.
2: Two thousand five, yep. yeah. So I, then I really got back into it from then because I think as a as a fan and as a kid, I really was a big fan of Doctor Who. I was a bit of a geek and I was really really into it, but. Uh, what I loved when the New Who started was that it actually had a significantly and obviously larger budget, much right. better production values than the earlier iteration of the show. Mm-hmm. Sli- uh, Slitheen's
1: aside, of course. Slovenes yeah. aside, yeah,
0: Well, aside. there's still that uh, jankiness built in, but yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> But, you know, the very fact that they filmed it was actually shot in Film rather than yeah. video, rather than in video, and the, the sets didn't kind of the sets in the show didn't shake when someone walked through the room. <laughs> was, well, the, was, so
0: you you got me to watch the introduction to the master episodes with um. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm sorry, was his name John Pertwee? Peacht-
2: John Pertwee, yeah.
0: Or Pertwee, yeah. Um, yeah. And my favorite thing in that was at one point a half deflated plastic chair swallows a man, and that's just that's the level of props we're working with here.
2: Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, quite right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So I was just going to say that you know, for as a as an old Who fan, when the new Who began, uh, it was just it was just really it became the show that I think a lot of fans mm-hmm. wanted it to become. You know, so it had better budgets, more you know, better budgets, uh, better better scenery, better better actors, and uh, you know, Doctor Who was always. Uh, about very good storytelling, but it didn't have the budget to back up the storytelling. And I think with uh, what RTD, the producer, did when he rebooted it, he managed to somehow convince the BBC to invest a bit more money in it. And Mm -hmm. he also made made it very much more relatable as well. And Mm -hmm. uh, so when I heard it was being rebooted, I was initially, or rebooted or restarted, I was initially a bit wary, thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen? Are they going to ruin it? But uh, it's just gone from strength to strength since then yeah
0: what and john when did you start watching
1: i started watching in 2013 i want to say so just before the 50th and i think i had heard from a friend about this it was actually i think a friend's little sister was like this is the coolest show and i don't know why but i I think it was on netflix at the time and i just booted it up and i and i watched some eccleson episodes and I don't think I was fully grabbed by the end of Rose, but I mm-hmm. think that by the end, by, by the uh, the empty child, I was really in. I really,
2: I, oh, yes. I want to watch all of this. Yeah, yes. That's
1: the episode that really- Oh,
2: played. yeah. Are you my mummy? Are you my- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spooky kid with the gas mask.
0: The, uh, I yeah. think the horror episodes are the best ones for me.
2: They like are the of often story. the best, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, the, um, what are they called? The Weeping Angels, the Weeping Angels. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Blink. The Angels, yeah, Blink. I mean, Blink was an absolute modern classic. I mean, that That's was... my
0: all-time favorite. And But that's like, the, the Doctor himself is hardly in it. Like, it's it's a yeah. standalone... You can just watch it as a short film, anyone who hasn't watched anything else.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, again, it was fabulous storytelling, but it was also, yeah, creepy, scary, mm-hmm. and, and, and the genius of that was it took... Something that's so basic, i.e., the mm-hmm. idea that you're dead, you cannot blink. And of course, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but when I first watched it, I was actually trying <laughs> to see how long I could go without <laughs> without, without blinking. Thinking, yeah, and then you realize it's really, really, incredibly difficult not to.
1: Yeah, blink. what's great about the Weeping Angels is that they, first of all, it's a very unique way they kill. Right, is they send you back in time. That that's just feels very Doctor Who. It feels very yes. timey wimey but also it's really the only villain of the modern era that has reached the level of the Daleks and the Cybermen. Yeah. it's really the one that's stuck around the most compared to any other villain in the modern well,
0: era. Well, and the Master, but that's uh slightly different. Yeah, but
1: I I see those as different like class, classes of yeah. villains, right? Like there's there's the big bads and then there's like the the armies. And I think that the weeping angels are in the same category as the Daleks and... Yeah, absolutely. Cybermen. Yeah. But like, like, Davros is the same class as the Master.
0: Right, okay, because he's, like, the Mastermind, yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, he's the commander of an army. But, of course, I think what's also really incredibly creepy about the, the Angels is that, unlike every other monster in Doctor Who, they don't speak. You, you don't actually hear them speaking. I think it was only right. in, the, right. in the Flux was the first time... You, I think I think in The Flux, maybe. They, maybe? they also spoke and through... They spoke in The Flux, right? They spoke through... The I
1: don't know about The Flux because I haven't watched it yet, but uh, mm-hmm. they did speak through one of their victims in the first Matt Smith Angel episode.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They, like, yeah. co-opted the voice. Yeah, but normally you don't see them as a monster. I mean, that's the nice thing. You don't see them moving right it's Mm -hmm. always it's always kind of you look away you know it's always a shot away cut away and then they're closer and they're closer and they're closer but you don't see them speaking and that works somehow i think that just from the fear element and that works so well
0: Yeah. yeah i heard somebody point out that one of the things about doctor who villains is that they're relentless you know that they just they're not the strongest on their own often but they just keep moving forward it's like that horror movie it follows you know just Right. Steady onward, right towards you. Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: Alicia, I see you have a bunch of these questions. About well, yeah. Our, our I'm just curious. Preferences.
0: Yeah, I'm just curious to establish what is what is everyone's favorite doctor. I'll start. Mine mine is Smith Tennant's, a close second. Okay. What about you, John?
1: I think I would strike that reverse it. It's, uh, I, I really love Matt Smith, but I think that David Tennant was just like the guy who sold me on who the doctor is.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And, uh,
2: yeah, I'd I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. I think it would be David Tennant. I think Tennant somehow just, I don't know, he just, he somehow just embodied the doctor that was so perfectly. And obviously RTD obviously thinks the same, which is why he brought him back. Right. But, uh, But I think Tennant, yeah, I think Matt Smith. also as a close second and then for me it would be Tom Baker because that was my doctor growing up but it would really be uh definitely David Tennant
1: I I will say that Peter Capaldi really grew on me by the end of his run Mm. too I think he he did a really amazing job and I think he's an underrated doctor so I want to shout out him for a little bit I I
0: I like all of the ones in the modern era you know it's um I have nothing. None of them that I dislike. I might dislike some of the writing for for especially Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, but I think that the casting for of the Doctors has been great all around, and including the new one. Mm -hmm. What about favorite showrunner Simon? Who's your favorite showrunner?
2: Uh, I think for me it would be Stephen Moffat. Uh, Okay. uh, Although some of the some of the my favourite episodes appeared during RTD's run, No, maybe it would be Stephen Moffat is perhaps my favourite writer, and okay. I would, and I would say RTD as my favourite showrunner. I Agree with that? Difficult. Yeah, difficult. But I think it would be be that way because Moffat wrote obviously he wrote Blink, and uh, but he's written some uh, he's written some great great episodes. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I would say it's it's in that order.
0: Yeah, I agree because RTD has like the overarching stories um, yes. that dra- that pull me in more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think RTD he focuses more on the companions' lives, which I find interesting always. And he yeah, a, my favorite companions. So
2: yeah, because previously in, in old in classic who the companions were often props that were just there to scream. Mm-hmm or to do action sequences so some of the male some of the male companions were often there to just do to be there to do uh, action ac- action, sequ- action sequences although there were a few strong characters like Sarah Jane Smith who also appeared in New Who um, right. but, mm-hmm. but often they were kind of cardboard cut out just there to kind of look good and run and scream and shout and the doctor would explain what's going on, but they weren't involved. And what I like what I really like in the new era is, you know, it's almost as if the some of the assistants or companions, whatever you want to call them, are practically equals. And especially mm-hmm. as we move to discussing the, the anniversary specials, especially the way that uh, you see um, the Donna interacts with the doctor, especially in the in, during the giggle. Right. That they they are really they're not despair to you know, take listen to the wise old Time Lord, and do what he says. They really actually contribute.
1: Right, yeah. I, th- I think that's fair. That's
2: fair.
0: Yeah, who's your favorite companion?
2: Oh, yeah. that's a good one. Well, uh, so my favorite for the modern era would definitely be Donna. Definitely, Donna, okay, I fair. Think, uh, I think uh, I uh, it's, a bit, it's also because you know Catherine Tate. Um, she's I don't know if you're familiar with her previous work but she had she actually she's actually a comedian and she actually uh had Mm -hmm. a very funny tv series called the catherine tate show where she plays a lot of different characters and you can almost see sometimes when you know donna makes a funny comment she does and she makes multiple amusing comments throughout the specials i sometimes i wonder if uh, rtd just let her ad lib because these Mm -hmm. are very much to kind of very much in line with one of the characters she plays in her, she or used to play in her own show, with these brilliant one-liners, you know. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Donna Noble would definitely be my, be my favorite.
0: I have to say I could appreciate her more this in this uh, anniversary special than I have ever before. You know, I was I always liked her well enough, but now, um, I, yeah, I really appreciate her more. My favorite though uh, was Martha, just because she was she was the first one that I saw that came in who was really like you know she was a doctor she did her own thing and also my favorite who thing is the spin off torchwood and she appears there so i'm also um, gonna name yes. i'm also it, gonna name gwen well. i'd like to see gwen back <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: can i just you know, let's pour one out for martha who was done yeah dirty in, in these specials yeah. we won't do spoilers but let's let's she talk about it once mentioned. we get in there Yeah, well sorry.
0: yeah <laughs> um yeah and what about you do you have a favorite companion john
1: uh, my favorite companion, I guess I have to give you my favorite showrunner too, but mm. uh, my favorite companion, I'm going to say Bill, which I only watched okay. recently. I didn't uh, I didn't okay. watch yeah. 12 until very recently, and now I'm on 13. I, I've watched through the first series of 13. But Bill honestly had a really good balance of what I liked about Donna and what I liked about other companions, whereas Bill, she had this sort of questioning of the Doctor and pushing him to do the right thing, but also had that wonder that I like to see in companions, because it's nice to have a positive level with the Doctor for the audience to view through. So I think Bill, honestly, was one of the best companions, maybe the best companion of the modern era. I'm not a Rose stan. I'm going to just come out and say that. I think Rose is tremendously overrated. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well. You're you're going to upset a lot of people. (laughs) That's fine. Listen. She's fine. She's I find fine. her
0: rated. She's not my favorite, but uh, her move, her story overall, and the way it ends, I find one of the most moving.
1: Yeah, sure, uh, and uh, I, and maybe this is unfair because I watched, I you know, I watched all that when I was nineteen, and I I did empathize with Rose really well, and I related to Rose really well because I was nineteen, and mm-hmm. I I liked her a lot back then, and I was really devastated with her ending and all that but now watching it the second time i'm like yeah you're not contributing a lot to the situation <laughs> yeah.
0: maybe that's why i liked martha so much because when she came in it was like okay there's here's a woman who actually like right takes control of things who you know has yeah. has her own she's not just like the doctor's girl she's she's her right. own person
1: i i think you take out her pining over the doctor and she's a perfect companion but she unfortunately had that subplot, which is not her fault. It's the writing fault. Yeah, uh, yeah. that that I think took away, took some points away from me. Yeah, yeah that was
2: that was also why I think uh, Donna was a breath of fresh air. Simply, yeah, because yes, it was clear she wasn't, she wasn't wasn't in the least bit interested. Right family, <laughs> in a relationship with a doctor, and uh, right. so I think then uh, you could just really focus on the shows without this silly, soppy uh, subplots. So I thought that was, I thought that was good. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Wait, did you, John? Did you? I know you've watched Torchwood, Simon, but John, have you?
1: I've watched the first few episodes, and it was like ten years ago I watched it, so I barely okay. remember. Okay. I remember the first episode had like a sexy monster, and I was like. Eh. <laughs> This is kind of silly. I
0: don't silly. remember that. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it is still in the Doctor Who universe, but a bit like darker. Uh, it more just adult. felt
1: very like we're going to make this an adult show now. Oh, so now okay. the monster has to deal with sex, and I was like, I don't okay.
0: remember that. But it just <laughs> felt very like
1: <laughs> it felt very eh, to me. And I, but maybe I'll go back. Maybe I'll like it better once okay. I. Okay. Well, I it's
0: my it. it's my favorite thing. But anyway, um, Spoiler, no spoiler. Martha shows up there.
1: Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, um, and I just want to comment on showrunner. I actually agree. I think I would pick Moffat over RTD. Okay, as far as a showrunner, I mean, I guess, I guess that was hedged in the end, but I, I think that RTD it's different because he has a lot more highs. He has a lot higher highs, rather, but I think Moffat has more highs and steadier highs. I think he's his seasons were always very good and RTD had seasons where it would be great one episode and it would be hot garbage the next. Mm-hmm. And it's well, just, just... Yeah, that's true, but, uh, that's true. But higher
0: highs, higher highs, though.
1: Yes, In, inc- inconsistent, but higher highs. That's how I mm-hmm. would view RTD, and I hope that they have a little bit more quality control going forward on his new run.
0: Maybe yeah. this is like the con- the question, Clone Wars or Rebels for Star Wars fans, you know? Yeah, right? And I, right. I pick Clone Wars. Yeah,
1: I like that. Chibnall didn't even enter the conversation here. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: Well. laughs> we grinned and bared it, and now we're back.
1: <laughs> yeah, Alicia, I did. We never got your answer on Showrunner, and I and I don't. Oh,
0: think, I I oh, was agreeing. Get- I said RTD. I think had the overall arc arcs. Oh, that right, right. Appealed to me more, but I agree that Moffat wrote a lot of my favorite episodes.
1: Right. Okay. I wasn't sure if you were making a definitive statement on your favorite there.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that about does it, I think, for our histories and all our preferences. Do we want to do some spoiler-free impressions on these specials? Sure. Yeah, uh, sure. Let's start with Simon.
2: Okay. Well, the impressions first were wow. <laughs> My impression would be a big wow. The you know I watched it. I watched them all on Disney Plus. Um, uh huh. The first thing that really describes you is. The resolution, it's uh, 4K. Money, money, money. Yeah, it's yeah. 4K, but it's the cinematography is in a, in a different level now. the It just looks amazing. It's almost like, wow, is this still the same show? Because right. uh, I think it's, really, it's now
1: a Marvel show. <laughs>
2: it's really, yeah, practically in that league, it's really just scaled up in terms of just. The special effects, the general cinematography, the production values, which were, I thought, in the previous series were pretty good anyway, but uh, you can see that's also gone up, gone up a notch. A, a notch. The audio is also significantly better because um, here in the Netherlands we uh, get the BBC. Like if you're on your cable subscription, you get BBC One. So I always used to watch Doctor Who on BBC One. I used to record it and watch it on BBC One. Uh, but the audio was also, was always a bit muffled. I don't know why. The dialogue, the dialogue was always, I found it a huh. bit below par. So I'd always watch it with subtitles. I mean, yeah, as a native English speaker, I'd have to have English subtitles on. Yeah, but
0: I can't hear without my subtitles.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always subtitles anyway. Oh, yeah. so, ah,
2: yeah. okay, okay. I'm I, like I literally
1: wouldn't... everything I watch. So no. it wouldn't make a difference for me.
2: Okay, I wouldn't normally, I wouldn't usually, but I always did for Doctor Who because I, I found that the audio quality via the BBC wasn't just wasn't good. But on Disney Plus, it's crystal clear, it's epic, mm-hmm. it's a really cinematic quality audio, it's fabulous. So that, that'd be my, my uh, first impression. How about, how about you, Alicia?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was very pleased with this. It was, I knew exactly it was going to be, it's like, okay, we're going to do a fan service thing. We're going to go back to this story that has been in people's heads for, you know, however many years now. And, uh, we're going to introduce a new doctor and Neil Patrick Harris is going to show up and all those things happened. And I was very happy with it, you know, like maybe some minor nits to pick, but at the same time, it being doctor who I I just don't take out the fine tooth comb as much. You know, it's more like Mm -hmm. uh, uh, rocking on vibes. Like, is it, is it achieving emotionally what I need from it? And I would say these episodes really did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, John? Yeah. I I pretty much agree with that whole take. I think that, like you said, there are certainly nits to pick. I do think that this could have been stretched out to a full series. Mm -hmm. And, it was it was a little bit rushed at times but overall i think they all worked i think that the second is my favorite of the three yeah, i think me that too. it worked the best but uh all three worked they had told us going in that the first was going to be the most kid friendly yep. and i think that oh, yeah. that made my expectations set a little better okay because i didn't expect it to be so dark and it wasn't it was not so dark and it and it had a little bit of a simple, a simplified message, I think, a simplified moral message. Uh, but it worked. If you're saying like this one is the one for kids, go to the other two if you want something deeper, and mm-hmm. that's fine. That's fine. So I think that overall it worked really well. It got me really excited to see what Shudi Gatwa does, and yeah, that is absolutely. that. That's yeah. what it was meant to do. I am the case study because I didn't watch this for ten years between Matt Smith and this. And then oh. this got me so excited that this was coming that I watched, I rewatched everything I did watch and I watched through Capaldi and I'm almost done with uh, Jodie Whitaker's era. And now I'm going to watch who going forward. So this did exactly what it was supposed to do for me. And I hope yeah. and I think other people are getting this experience too.
0: Yeah, well, and there's also other people. We've been talking on the Discord server, and we were just talking with Jean about, you know, he's like, oh, well, I've, I've fallen out of it, but now I, I want to catch up. And it's like, well, you know, they're restarting the numbering for the Shirigatwa era at season one again. So that's like a good time to jump in. And I think, especially with it being on Disney+, and thus all over the world, uh, I think they're going to see a massive increase in numbers right now. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, I, yep. think so. I think so too. And for the for the record, my favorite was actually number three. Was actually the giggle. I thought the giggle okay. was okay. Yeah. epic, epic. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, I it did. I it, yeah, I have my minor nits with it, but overall, um, I love that episode too because it did a lot of things that it needed to do very well in a balanced way. Yeah. yeah.
1: We're going to have to talk about the implications of the giggle once we get into spoilers. But for now, I think uh, that's that's, I think, enough on spoiler free impressions. If you've not watched the three specials that are starring Catherine Tate and David Tennant, please go on Disney Plus, watch the three specials now and come back after the break.
0: They have uh, just so you know, at the beginning of the first special, they have a little recap of what you need to know to understand the plot. So if you haven't caught up or haven't watched it in ages, don't worry about that.
1: Good point. Thanks, Alicia. All right, we will see you all after the break. And we're back. All right, now that we're in the break, I think... Maybe let's just save our impressions for each episode. I think we gave our general impressions on right. the set. Mm-hmm. Let's just dive right into the Starbeast. That's the first special. Um, Alicia, you have a lot of notes on these. <laughs> and so I think I'm going to to let you sort of talk about whatever subject you want to start with.
0: Um, well, I just wanted to say, I didn't know, notice this one until afterwards, but I know Simon, you saw, it, I don't know if you did John, but there was actually the, it was some, for some sort of uh charity special. There was the short with
1: yes, yes Tennant and watch the Daleks.
0: That. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I know that there was, there was a lot of brouhaha online where people feel like they are retconning things there, but I think people say the word retcon too quickly. I think, uh, I don't know. I thought that that was delightful.
2: What did you guys think of that short? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I think the Dalek. The, yeah, the Dalek short. I know that obviously it showed Davros not being in a wheelchair, but obviously yes. it's, a, it's a show. It's a show, yeah, exactly. It's a show about yeah. time travel, so you don't know at what point in Davros's history did the Doctor arrive and meet Davros? It could very well have been that uh, he may have, may have, may have already had his first prototype uh, before he was before he was injured. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think there's any any issue with recording anyway, it's time travel with multiple Mm -hmm. dimensions and uh, the doctor himself has crossed into multiple dimensions. Well, you know, but one of the Rose stories uh, there were there was two dimensions right where uh, Rose met her father who in right. the other dimension was a hugely successful businessman right. etc. So this is a show where anything c- can be possible. So yeah, I don't. Get, I don't it's get been a multiverse through, show for a long
0: time. Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I don't see what see why people would get upset over it. But I love I love the shorts. But the shorts are very, very.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I think there's just been a lot of like kicking up trouble before people wait and see what the actual story is. Like the whole situation with Rose's name, the ca- new character, um, mm-hmm. Donna's, Donna's daughter. And, you know, as soon as they announce, they're like, this character is going to be called Rose. like, well, obviously they're going to explain it. Just everybody calm down and wait and see what it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see the outrage on that. That's fine.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. I, I did too. I think uh, a lot of Doctor Who fans get triggered very easily. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Like there's right. not they're not gonna pretend that the other rose doesn't exist. Clearly there's gonna uh. be some sort of link. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I said, that this this reunion this was like Donna at her best for me. I loved she, when she called him skinny man, I just ah, my heart grew three sizes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and the comment with the suit was great. Sorry, buddy, you can't wear that suit over 35, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, you're attacking my favorite style.
1: <laughs> right. You know, I, I heard on the Ringer podcast that they were talking about this that I guess they had tried to make David Tennant look like the suit doesn't fit, but it just looked good on him. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> like they wanted to so be so like, oh, the him. suit
1: doesn't fit the doctor anymore. You know, like he's he's that's like,
0: why do you look hotter now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just works. He's he's a good no. looking guy. What are you gonna yeah. do? Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, I love that uh Donna, the, she gave away her lottery tickets because oh, she was right. like, had, yes. and then later when she remembered, she's like, what the hell did I do? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I gave away I gave away my fortune. Yeah. yeah.
1: But <laughs> even the way she says it, right? She's like, fine, I will help you save London. But first, I'm going to yell about how I gave away all my money.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You yeah. have time for me to rant about this.
0: Yes. Yeah. The audience has time for it, I assure <laughs> Um, but yeah, I the the Meep was obviously the like m- main special thing in this episode. Now, Simon, you were the one I didn't know before you mentioned it that the Meep was based on some old comics. Did That's you? Right. That's right. You yeah. grew up
2: reading those, or yes, yeah. When I was a kid, I used to buy Doctor Who Weekly. It used to be called Doctor Who Weekly. It's now Doctor Who Monthly. So the magazine is still is still going strong. That's where. uh r t d is often interviewed and gives uh hints to what's coming, but yeah, it used to be Doctor Who Weekly and it used to have a comic strip in there, with a couple of stories and the story that stood out clearly in my mind because it was such a shocker was precisely you know part of what was what this what the star beast was based on. It was pretty much that some kids discover this super cute looking alien who's hiding out in a shed in their garden. And uh, then he becomes friends with the kids and tells them that, uh, yeah, he's been hunted down by some evildoers. And then the doctor gets involved, the Tom Baker doctor gets involved. But then later, the meat switches into an evildoer and you discover he's an evildoer. So I knew, obviously, I knew that was going to happen because the story was based on it. But I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And one of the things that still stand out in my mind was Donna Noble saying, say so, was it? she called him mad paddington <laughs> <laughs> which, which i thought was, which I thought was, oh, was hilarious
0: yeah I, I remember saying to you before when we were discussing the episode before it aired i was like oh um i was like I, i'm gonna need some meep merch and like you laughed as as one would but um you didn't say anything suspicious but i immediately thought to myself like I bet this Meep's going to turn out to be evil. (laughs) 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 And now I I, I still want the Meep merch, but I want like, there are these stuffed animals you can find online called like feisty cats. And when you just look at them, normally they look cute, but when you squeeze them, their face contorts and they look evil. I want that for
1: Meep. Ah. meep. Mm, That'd be fun. Yeah. You know, it's, I've seen gremlins. That's the problem is that I was kind of expecting this. Okay. To go gremlin and to, to be a problem. But it was it was still a good way to do the twist, right? It was like, okay, enough with this. Fuck this! I'm gonna shoot all you. It, it was yeah. it was very uh, the way that they did the switch was really entertaining.
2: Yeah, and but also I loved the scale of the threat. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. as in as in his ship's gonna take off and he's gonna burn the hell out. Of, he's gonna burn the whole of London. I thought, you know, that's that's uh, that's my kind of threat. Somehow yeah. it's. You know, usually it's like a, a, a baddie wants to take over the whole planet. And that's kind of, uh, you know, it's old hat sci- sci- sci-fi. But there was something about the idea that he was going t- to you know, use London to, he was going to burn London to get away. I thought that was also brilliant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I also, I like the twist that, because um, they have the Wrath Warriors there and they're called freaking Wrath Warriors. And the way they look, they just play our own prejudices against us. It's not the cute thing. It's the military-looking species that's the nice ones.
1: Right. So uh, do we want to talk about the mention of Wilf? Uh,
0: Yeah. So it's nice that they let him still be alive. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though the actor passed away, sadly.
1: Yeah. But do we think that maybe that was David Tennant going, I love that man, instead of the doctor?
0: Hmm. Well, but I think also they were showing this is 14, not 10. And 14, he, you know, he told, he's like, oh, I say things like that now. And I think they're showing the transition to Shuti, who's obviously going to be a more a effusive doctor. Yeah. A warmer
3: yeah. Doctor. More in touch with
1: his feelings, more, mm-hmm. more able to uh, mention his past companions, even. Uh, can I, I, I guess I could ask about this later, but Adric, I, I. I, that mention, apparently that like tickled a bunch of people. And do you know this, Simon? Do you know who Adric is?
2: Yes, yes. That was, funny enough, Adric was a companion of the fourth Doctor. And then when the Doctor regenerated into the fifth Doctor, he was still with him. And then there was a story called Earthshock. It's a classic. It's one of the last ones that I watched, in fact. It's a classic, uh, it's a classic Who story. And involves the the Cybermen, and just uh, Adric was a mathematics genius, I believe, and well, basically he thought he could do something which he couldn't, and uh, he was he was killed. So that's oh wow! The, that's he actually died. So in the modern era, he's you know really uh, one that he was one of the first companions. Well, modern era, not sorry, in the classic era, a couple of couple of companions have. Died apparently, but this was really uh, in the era of the fourth and fifth Doctor. It was a big, big thing because you know the Doctor always saves the companion at the last minute, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And this one died, so that's right. that's why the Adric reference is such a big thing. And, oh, and interesting, out from time to time.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'd still rather have the track record of Classic Who than the track record of Stephen Moffat as far yeah. as companions. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, because if well, you're a Stephen okay. Moffat companion, say goodbye. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah that's, right. that's right.
2: You look at what happened with uh, the ponds, uh, right? And, right. Which is also we'll, we'll get
1: to the puppet show. This was right. <laughs> yeah. mentioned in the, in
2: the
1: puppet
0: show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Yeah, well, it's nice to see Unit back um, now. Yeah. There's been rumblings. Simon, what have you heard about these rumblings about a potential Unit spin off?
2: Yeah, I've I've heard about this as well. In fact. I think I shared, didn't I share a link You it probably I'm repeating something yeah. back to you that you don't, yeah. but I don't you got uh, yeah, me to start
0: following some a, a who YouTube channel. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. Okay. Yeah, there there was uh there was a, a link. There was a story in one of the British national newspapers that mentioned a unit spinoff. But on the other hand, you never know if that's really true or if that's just a website, a new site doing clickbait because they know there's lots right. of Who fans out there and they, they're going to click on it. Mm. That could be. So I don't know. I, I don't know. But I have a feeling when you look at the scale of the new unit headquarters, that looks very much like Avengers not, Tower. Like the Avengers <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's a nice Star. set they got there.
2: a <laughs> very expensive set. So uh, yeah. Welcome perhaps, to Disney. <laughs> perhaps after that uh, major investment perhaps. BBC and Disney want to get more 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 return on that, and perhaps there will be a unit series. It's certainly rumoured, and I thought at the end of the uh, previous special, the end of the of the episode of well, actually the end of, the end of the last episode of what's her name again? Oh, am I going senile? The, the name of the previous. Jodie Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker. When um, the head of units was there with all the former companion's actually mentioned um oh I might want to give some of you a job I might want to hire some of you mm-hmm. so I wonder if that was in itself a reference to a potential series
0: yeah exactly
2: yeah.
0: i'm and it feels something in this these three specials it feels like they're well they're setting up Shirley Ann especially a lot exactly and
2: Kate, yeah and yeah yeah so i think there could be more cuz have, unit have appeared on and off in doctor who's history mm-hmm. um, and they've obviously they featured in in all of the modern era, but I've never seen them so prominently featured, if you get my drift. Yeah. They're they're really kind of almost super super integral. So it wouldn't surprise me, because in a way it does remind me of before the Tortured series began, there were a number of references to Right, exactly. Do you remember in the... the, Mm -hmm. Yeah, in during David Tennant's era. There were yeah. references to Torchwood and uh, Torchwood right. would appear uh appear a lot, some of the characters they would appear and be prominently featured, and then you had Torchwood. So I would I'm not a gambling man, apart from when I eat out in Amsterdam. But um I would say there is a good chance that there'll be a unit spin off. Yeah. Yep. I'd agree. And Feels I'd watch like it, it. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. I'm-
0: I'm in for basically any spinoff. That's fine, <laughs> as long as just don't don't like overdo it. But they they never do, and I've enjoyed the ones so far. Um,
1: Did you watch the Sarah Jane Adventures?
0: I okay. Well, I have to admit that one. I only watched a couple episodes, but it wasn't really <laughs> meant for me,
2: was it? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, more, fair more enough. All the kids. <laughs> fair enough. I, ne- I never yeah. I never really watched either. No. Yeah.
1: yeah, me either. I never saw a single episode, but uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen clips
2: on YouTube, but I've uh, never watched an yeah. entire episode.
0: Speaking of kids, um, I hope that they also make those stuffed animals that they had in this episode, which we find out later are, you know, Rose kind of remembering through her mother through the food yes. and yeah. um, the dog. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. All knowing,
2: knowing BBC merchandising, I'm 100% sure they will bring out all of these characters, including the meat, will be uh, toys
0: yeah i mean they should have already they should have had those for sale as soon as exactly for christmas for the holiday season yeah Yeah, (laughs) yep um so i have i have a a complaint about this so the the binary non-binary whatever brouhaha that's that's fine i just have to like try to wrap my mind around what that means and why that saves donna but if it saves donna i'm fine with that mm-hmm. but yeah, i don't
2: i wasn't clear i wasn't it wasn't clear yeah. to me
0: either
1: to be <laughs> it just, it just <laughs> felt like they were throwing a bunch of words around yeah I mean, exactly. there, there was a lot of techno babble around then too so it might have just gotten mixed in
0: but i i hope um they don't do more like they went a step too far when they said at one point that's something a male presenting uh, doctor would never understand yeah. and i don't like those types of comments because i feel like that detracts from the point, and, and that's untrue, because there's a lots of, lots of very sensitive, uh, empathetic, male-presenting people, so anyway.
1: Yeah, ironically, it just sounded like a male-presenting person wrote that, right? It's, right, it's just, exactly. That's <laughs> the problem. Exactly.
0: Exactly. You're, you're going, it's circular. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, just don't don't try to overcorrect, so just, like, be real, but and I think that they did handle the trans question throughout a lot of the episode. They handled it very well, like, especially at the beginning when- um. You know, when Rose is like, "I will burn down the world for you with these yeah, yeah, these kids going after you and and uh, her her mom being like, "Oh, sometimes I don't know what to say, and that's you know, that's real, and that's yes,
2: yeah, absolutely absolutely.
0: yeah,
1: well, Donna Noble is descending now,
0: yes, and I will descend. <laughs> I love that. um, some serious mama bear stuff. And then she spills a coffee, and that's just silly uh-huh. against <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so tea is fine. Coffee is not. Because the tea spilled, if you'll recall, David Tennant's first episode. Uh, the tea spilled well, into the TARDIS.
2: Well, the TARDIS and that is British. Steam,
1: <laughs> right.
2: Uh, yes, exactly. The yeah. steam
1: wakes up David Tennant and actually cures him of his regeneration sickness, which is something that is just not a thing for Shuri Gatwa. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, for, or for the 14th Doctor. I think both of them just kind of popped out, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. that's true.
1: But – yeah, the, but then coffee, oh, that that's going to mess you up.
2: That's not going to work.
0: <laughs> <out>. <laughs> what did you guys think of the upgraded screwdriver that had more loved more it. abilities?
2: Loved it. Well, that's uh, Disney abilities, right? That's Disney, right. Yeah. Disney money abilities. I think <laughs> think I loved it simply because, you know, as much as the Sonic screwdriver has been around since – the John Pertwee era. So since the third doctor in the classic, classic who he had the Sonic, Sonic screwdriver, but I think there was a point, I think it was during the Matt Smith era where I thought I even thought oh, I was getting a bit silly now with the Sonic screwdriver on, uh, you know, what it could yeah, do. They, they even
1: started making jokes about it, right? It doesn't have a wood setting. It's embarrassing.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I thought, you know, it was, it was getting, getting a bit, a bit silly. Whereas I, I thought, uh, it was, yeah, full redemption. The uh, I loved it. I actually I loved the part you know where you drew the square. I uh, know drew, drew the square and got a map out of it because yeah, it's much more visual, which ties mm-hmm. in to the majority of young people nowadays anyway, very visually oriented. So it's much better than you know it's it's no longer the Star Trek tricorder kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, someone looks at a device and says, "Oh, I can tell. Uh, oh, I can tell you smoked two years ago or something." Yeah, whereas now you get the visual readings that you, the audience, can see. I think that's brilliant.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it actually it makes more sense to use it to make holograms and for. So many of its other functions it's been used for over the year. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) I I never question anything the sonic screwdriver can or can't do. The sonic screwdriver works the way this plot requires a sonic screwdriver to work.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I think that they honestly, because you you didn't need this, right? You didn't need this scene. They could have just ran away like they usually do. Right. But Mm -hmm. I think that they added this scene specifically because they knew they were changing shooties so much. Mm, And they, mm -hmm. and the design of it, I should say. And they didn't want people to go, oh, well, now that it's a remote, it can do all these things suddenly. So now you can say, okay, it did it as the screwdriver's shape, too. So it's fine. It's not too many changes at once. I think it was actually very smart to have this scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff with these episodes, they are, they're bridging the old idea of the doctor with what they want to be this new era of doctor to, you know, bring in new, younger viewers and, uh, yeah more warmer more modern more jaunty <laughs> right yeah
1: all right well that's a good conversation I think about the first special overall I liked it I think it sounds like you two liked it too is that right
2: yeah, yeah I, I, I loved I loved it it was it was great it was just wonderful to have Doctor Who back on yeah and, and it's so upgraded you know just, mm-hmm. and seeing it's upgraded uh in every way with production value cinematography uh the sound it was all kind of right. many wow factor moments uh and, it, and it's just great to have it on
1: right just like we have new new york we have new new who now yeah no so we are yeah. <laughs>
0: ready yeah, exactly. to go
1: with new new who
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i think its first episode was my least favorite of the three but that's like that's saying, you know, it doesn't mean anything because I just like the other two so much.
1: Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's fair. Shall we talk about the second one, Wild Blue Yonder?
2: Yes, yeah. you are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And, so I, a, I, mean, it's a class, I mean, it's a classic episode. Even though it wasn't my favorite, I think it, it's a classic. I think if you look at all of New Who, which I guess I think I have watched every episode since it's been back on. Mm-hmm. All of New Who, I think this is just is up there with some of the very best
3: yeah
1: yes
0: and again horror so they just know how to do that yeah
1: that and and also it does something that they haven't done very many times which is separate the doctor entirely from his TARDIS and his sonic really put the limitations on and limitations are often what make the story the most interesting
0: absolutely yeah but we have to talk about that opening with Isaac Newton and his discovery of <laughs> mavity. <laughs> yeah,
2: what was that? What was that? Wonderful word. Mavity. Yeah. mavity. I
1: I loved how that was a through line. I loved that yeah. they kept going with it. Uh, I wonder and, if and they're keep it when, up. Yeah, I I hope not because that's. I think it was funny for. <laughs> but an episode, they
0: they didn't but, undo it though.
1: Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I did I did enjoy when David Tennant slips and he goes, "Oh, the gravity, the, the what? Oh, mavity."
0: <laughs> like he knows yeah. that there's, that it, that something's changed, but Donna doesn't realize. Right. Yeah. And he also, he also, you know, transitioning towards uh Shudigatwa's um, rendition, he's notes that Isaac Newton is hot. Oh, that's new. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so we're getting the Jack Hark- Harkness doctor.
1: <laughs> sure. But was that a sexuality change or is that just, I'm, I'm able to say that now?
0: Uh, maybe a little from Column A, a little from column B. Okay,
2: okay. Yeah, Fair exactly. Enough. I think it's deliberately ambiguous. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> and Donna's classic line. Um, don't worry, he has a time machine, so he can blame me for all of eternity. <laughs> I <laughs> but had to score so right? I can laugh. Like-
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, so did you guys when did you figure out what was going on with that alien countdown?
2: I didn't. <laughs> Me either.
1: He had to I explicitly really say it. Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. It was only when he specifically said it when I was like, aha, okay, yeah. I, I I mean, again, this is one of the things about that makes this episode so special was that it was totally, it was completely unpredictable. Most of the time throughout that episode, I think right up until the last couple of minutes, I was thinking, what the hell is going on? Yeah, you know, it, it was super. It was seriously creepy. Yeah, you know, it was seriously creepy and kind of almost unpleasant as well. With the was it my was it my arms are the wrong size? Where yeah,
0: admit, my, my, arms, are my arms are too long. My Arms are yeah. too long.
2: My arms are too long. You know, it was ser- it was seriously in horror in horror territory. There. It was uh, yeah, it, was, ma- it well, was a master masterpiece.
0: Yeah, I thought I called it a PG Event Horizon after watching, but then I found out that apparently the um the inspiration was the thing, which yeah, absolutely oh. makes sense.
2: Uh, okay.
1: Yeah. And it had a had a midnight vibe too, right? Is who's mm-hmm. who's uh the actual threat here? Which one is right. is the real one, all that. Uh so it was it was really, really good. It was really great. Uh I, I just Catherine Tate and David Tennant, I could probably watch them all day. They just go yeah. off each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they yeah. have that,
2: they have that dynamic, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. really, the chemistry between them. It's all, ob- it's obvious uh, because apparently, apparently also, uh, they, in reality, they're David Tennant and, uh, Catherine Tate are actually best buddies as well. Right. And that really comes that off. Yeah. It just really comes off the, 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 yeah, the, you just feel the sparks coming off the paradigm. Of they, they just play off each other perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah and, um, I loved just their conversations together. Well, it took me forever to notice. I I got the countdown with like Jimbo, the slow bot. I I figured that out pretty quickly because I think he even threw countdown out as a possibility. I'm like, oh, well, that's what it is. Um, But then when they were having these two conversations in the two different places, it took me forever to register that they were in two different rooms and these conversations were happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But I was so caught up in what they were saying, like the doctor's whole story about what he imagined that TARDIS was doing now with like a civilization rising and crumbling around. it. Oh, yes. It was just such good writing. Yeah. What did you guys think about the, do you think we'll see these not things from the nothing again
2: at the edge of the universe? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm I'm sure. I mean, uh, I mean, this is in a way the luxury that the showrunner has. I mean, you have 60 years of history of the, Celestial Toymaker, who we'll, who we'll come on to when we talk, discuss, discuss episode three, had only appeared once in right. Classic Who in 1966, apparently. So he appeared 57 years ago, and then they made a whole new story there. around it. But yeah. you think about, you have these, there are many one-off characters or villains or baddies that have appeared in Doctor Who or that have appeared a few, only a couple of times, um, and then can be, Reuse so so I think uh, RTD has such a vast repertoire of baddies he can use, but I think yep. these two were amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm sure somehow they'll be um, they'll, they'll reappear again. I yeah. think when
1: you started the when he started the the 2005 run, he really wanted to rid the show of the baggage of the past. Right, he really wanted to say there was a time war. A lot of those things that you knew from the mm. past. If you're coming back, they're not here anymore. They're not a threat anymore. And he really wanted to have these new monsters uh, other than the iconic Daleks and Cybermen. Yeah. And then now I think that who is in a place where they're celebrating that history. Yeah. And that yes. they don't feel like they feel like they can take the good from the classic era. And yeah. that's a great place to be now because I think that now they can finally start exploring those monsters a little more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and now that they're like ostensibly rebooting it again, um, I I wonder how they're going to handle that. I'm very excited to see how yeah. they strike that balance between. I think probably for like the first season, it's just going to be all new stuff. Would be my guess. Sure. Except, well, yeah. we'll talk about the next episode. But um, <laughs> but maybe s- certain things they've laid Easter eggs for here. Like, um, so we find out that there's a, a horse. Um, a horse species that was the astronaut on this ship of this episode and uh, yeah Davies he said that he w- will take fan like fan made names for this species
1: Oh that's uh, okay
0: makes me wonder if we're gonna see them more uh, yeah. yeah yeah
1: the no things do we think that that's related to the one who waits?
0: I don't know. Yeah, because where,
1: which which sounds very Loki, right? Right, <laughs> exactly. What I was thinking
0: too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are getting a tease about a some sort of brand new overarching villain because also the Meep said that he's my boss something. Yeah, something.
2: exactly. He said. He said. What did he said? A creature with two hearts is a rare thing, and I'm going to tell the boss.
0: Right. So who's the boss? But yeah, what exactly if?
2: So.
1: What if those guys retain the two hearts from from the 14th Doctor? What if the no-things retain the two Mm.
0: hearts? Yeah, what if they come back looking like them still? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That could also be a possibility. Or at least
1: they learn that body structure, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but they are like the kind of political commentary, but very effective, creepy is like they they say they're the hate modeled after humanity, which – especially yes. in this day and age feels ooh, on point And yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess David Tennant's like, oh, there's more. And he, they said, well, that's what reaches us, right? That's, that's what's the loudest. And maybe yeah. that's the point is that there is more, but we need to figure out how to make the positive a little louder.
2: Yeah. Right. Perhaps, it, perhaps it's a commentary on uh, Twitter or X <laughs> <laughs> because, because there's some good stuff on there, but uh, you have to get way your way through all the hate yeah (laughs) we've we've as
1: as a as as the lorehounds we've stopped using twitter for a while because it's gotten so bad
2: yeah i deleted i deleted my account because it just got so so bad i just couldn't couldn't do it but now in europe we have threads and i've just started using it and i'm oh i haven't started
0: threads i'm i've chosen blue sky but it's the it's not like the uh features aren't all there yet but i Mm -hmm. it's similar to twitter and um yeah, and I like the community there. It's a better community for sure. Like Neil Gaiman seems to have jumped ship and be mostly on Blue Sky now. Oh, oh nice.
1: interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're on Blue Sky too. Check the show notes if you want to follow us. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, you've got a couple more points here. Yeah.
0: Here well, so uh, the c- counting salt thing. Now I knew Brilliant. as soon as Brilliant. yeah, but I knew as soon as like that happened, that's going to come back, and I guess we'll talk about that more in the next episodes uh, since that's when it's brought up again, but. Uh, I always yeah. love I love ghost stories, so that counting salt thing comes up a lot. I've mixed feelings about how it was used here, but I just wanted to point it out because it becomes oh, I, important.
2: Oh, I, I thought it was uh, very I thought it was very clever and quite mm-hmm. scary, but also quite amusing uh, at the same <laughs> at the same time <laughs> as the uh, Donna clone or whatever you want to call her. As the no thing was they were actually counting the grains of salt. I thought, yeah.
1: Fantastic. He was so ominous. The doctor was so ominous Mm -hmm. about, you know, oh, I invoked the superstition at the the edge of the universe. That's not great. Uh, Yeah. That's
0: a typical who ism. Like, ooh, superstition at the edge of the universe. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of the wrong Donna, I am still mad at the doctor for taking the wrong Donna. Like, (laughs) she forgave
1: me. Yeah, that definitely was a real accident.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But then we get to uh, we get our heart a uh, a salve at the end of the episode with the one and only scene that yeah. we were able to get with Wilf in this mm. um, which
2: is absolutely wonderful. I will tell you something you might not know but in the in the 1960s when the Dalek hype was you know with the first appearance of a Daleks apparently in the UK caused something akin to Beatlemania, so it was really a huge hype around the Daleks and Doctor Who. It's what made the series initially. Okay. And then there were two, there are actually two movies because it was so popular. Two films of Doctor Who were made with different actors, uh, and it's not part of canon. But one of the companions was played by Bernard Cribbins. Oh, he, hmm. in other words, Wilf. Was actually played played by young Bernard Cribbins. He played a policeman who uh, got, who got aboard the TARDIS and went off with the Doctor, who was played by Peter Cushing, the hmm. famous horror act horror actor. So just so you know, but so uh, but Will, yeah, it was really so nice seeing uh, seeing seeing Will yeah, Those are last scenes, last scenes he, he shot, and it's just. Fun. Heartwarming, and that was like, in a way you yeah. say one of the things that RTD was brilliant at as a showrunner. Where he created this kind of uh, ensemble list of char- extra characters, yeah. you know, Wilf, Wilf obviously Donna's yeah. mother, uh, and but also they weren't just bit parts just there to say, Hey, hi, they were genuinely characters you could engage with, and obviously, Wilf yeah. was, just, was just fabulous. Yeah,
1: Wolf always had that those perpetually wet eyes, right? He he mm-hmm, just always yeah. felt like he felt everything. Yeah.
0: yeah, but it's nice thinking that like that was one of the last things that Bernard Cribber- Cribbins ever got to do. Is that's such, right? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a high point for you to look back and remember this magical thing that you were a part of in your life. Yeah. Okay, I'm tearing up, and then there's rioting and an apocalypse, and that takes us to the giggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: the giggle where, of course, Wolf is blurred the whole time. You right? You, you can see right away. You're like, okay, this was not him. Yeah. he was not there. The,
3: yeah,
0: nah, like looking nah. over his shoulder, and there's a clear wig. Like, okay, fine. Right,
1: right. You, the, he's just in the background, and then they're like, all right, take him somewhere. Oh, now yeah. he's now he's shooting moles. Right? Wasn't take uh, him, take uh, Yeah. Safety, take him to
2: safety. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I guess it's better that way, you know, just to let him live on for yeah. now in uh, in that world. That um, also
1: tells me that we're not going back to Donna's garden for a long time, which I think is good.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, especially with the way they leave things in this episode where, I mean, well, I guess we'll talk about the bi-generation at the end, but. Yep. Yeah. They've got to do that for a reason. What did you guys think of the Neil Patrick Harris as the toy maker? Now, John, you told me you're not a huge MPH fan in general.
1: I think he's fine. I think he plays things very straight, you know, very straightforward. Um,
0: really?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I watched him in How I Met Your Mother. He's okay. funny, although that character is incredibly problematic. Sure. Um, I watched him in back in the day, Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog. Everybody remember oh, I that? I love
0: that. Yeah, I love <laughs> that was that.
1: yeah, that was great. I think that's <laughs> my favorite thing he's done. But uh, before this, I think this is now my favorite thing he's done. But yeah. he really nailed this role. I really liked yeah. it. And I I liked he committed. Uh, yeah, did you see the interview he did about this?
0: No, he that, didn't
1: interview that. about it. He I think he basically read the script and he was just like,
2: "Yeah, this is going to be fun." And he he
0: he didn't know much about Doctor Who before that. No. I did hear that.
2: Yeah, no, that's what he I didn't. heard as well. Yeah, he, he never really uh, no, that's that's right. Because after reading the script, he said to uh, RTD, he said, uh, "So let me get this right: the doctor's an a Doctor's an alien, right?" So, <laughs> so he never yeah. he never he's never watched Doctor Who prior to reading the script.
1: Yeah, and you can see his genuine reaction in the puppet show. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Clara was killed by a bird.
0: well that's all right
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it's fair reactions i like how how it's like he's supposed to be changing his accent to do the american accent but that's his real accent it's just right
0: well but it's also but they i like that um because i know the original toy maker was i mean most of us none of us have seen all the episodes because they don't exist anymore um but you can find the clip the clips online of what does exist and the original toy maker you know they went with the whole oriental thing that exactly. you, people yes. used to do oh. and uh, so this time they're like okay we're just going to make him someone who t- puts on the persona of different earth nationalities as like a costume so yeah. you you get in the first episode the guy who comes into the shop is like oh your accent's slipping Yes. I like that they yeah, called yeah. that. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah.
1: That, yeah, that's a really great way to bring it back.
0: And yeah, obviously they just, they go go ahead and get right on political uh, with the, everyone started thinking they're right all the time. Like, yes. here we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah, it's like, uh, it's basically what Twitter would be in real life. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that that whole thing with the the doll, the what's his name, Stokey Bill. Yes, yeah, um, Appar-
2: apparently that is actually true.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that,
2: that, that was the that was actually Stucky Bill was the first uh, ever image broadcast on the television in the UK. It was but I, uh, using Stoky yeah. Bill,
0: and his and he really did kind of like catch fire a little bit because of the lights. Um, yeah, of the lighting. Yeah. But the fact that having that image stuck in every television since is a bit of who logic. I'm like, don't yes. think about Alicia. Don't think about it.
1: <laughs> so so did the the hungry entity have to like battle this Stookie Bill? I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> remember that one from the uh, – I think that's early David Tennant, right?
0: Hungry. <laughs> I don't remember actually.
1: Really? Oh, it's, it, it was like uh, – it took the form of like this female talk show host. And uh, it, it was, it was a great, it was actually a good villain. It was a good, good uh, okay. story. Try they, oh. Basically, they had this guy uh, selling TVs so that they could, you know, steal the faces of people.
2: Oh, And put yes. them in the TV. Was, it, was that the Idiot Box episode?
1: Uh, let's see. I guess, let's look it up it was, before we get at it. Yeah. Doctor <laughs> Who. I think
2: it was called the Idiot Box or TV something. TV Monster.
1: Or the, or the uh, Idiot's
2: Lantern. The Idiot's Lantern. I think that was
1: uh, The Idiot's Lantern. Yep, that was that was uh that was it. It was the tenth doctor uh featuring Elizabeth II. and main enemy oh. was The Wire is the name of the, the
2: monster. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, now it's starting to ring about Yeah. Season I have, two I episode. To seven.
2: Okay. Yeah. Because that, that is what people in the I don't
0: know,
2: when T V took off in the fifties, that's what the, because so few people could afford a television. The uh common uh, nickname for television. The people watching it, they used to call it the Idiot's
0: Lantern. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the US, it's often called the Idiot Box because they say it makes you stupid. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Similar, similar idea. Similar idea in yeah. the UK. Yeah.
1: So in any other show, you'd have the issue of, well, how do these two villains interact? In Doctor Who, you're just like, fuck it. We're just, we're just going yeah, exactly. with it. Exactly. Uh, this is just. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Wave it away.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. But I, I did find chilling the way that they worked that laugh arpeggio into it, the, the giggle that of the t- title, the ha, yeah. ha,
2: ha, Brilliant. ha, ha, ha. Yeah, and the fact because- that Donna worked it out as well. Was
0: yeah, awesome. yes, yes.
1: Yes, and I, I love Donna's negotiation of her salary later. Oh. <laughs> she doubles it, and she's like, oh, my God.
0: Yes, yeah. She's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I. I, Donna was brilliant in this episode, like when she's fighting the dolls and the, we got that I lost my precious hubby poem, which was creepy as hell. And then she's like, my name is Donna and you are Ghana. But yeah, this is where we get the payoff of that casting the salt at the edge yes, of the universe thing. Exactly. I the doctor says I played a game and that let the toy master in, which, yeah. you know, that's just one of those things I just kind of have to squint my brain a little bit sure. and be like, sure, yeah. why not?
1: <laughs> yeah. Is that a game? I don't, there was no challenge yeah. there? I don't know.
0: Yeah. And and we get that, of course, that like iconic puppet show, I think years from now, um, I'm that's going to be the scene from all these three specials that maybe I remember the most is that puppet yeah. show.
1: It was really good. I kind of wanted to see him go through the rest, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. Can, can we not interrupt him, David? Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. this yeah. is where I people pulled. are people are up in arms about Martha not being mentioned.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's right. yeah, people like, "Yeah, why wasn't Martha? Why wasn't Martha mentioned?" Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I guess because
0: she turned it, out
1: okay. And and it logically makes sense that like these were after Donna, right? He's giving her the history from after she left.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. That's also true. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he, Yeah, that's right. He began. Yeah, he began with. Because she do you, was in do between. you know who he
1: traveled with after? Yeah. He loved yeah. Amy Pond. Yeah. <laughs> the way he said Amy Pond is such an earworm. It's great. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> well, that's all right, then.
0: Well, that's all right, then. Oh, just the yeah. way he. And the, yeah, he, like you said, it feels like, especially because he slipped into his real accent and just the way his face would like contort and, and like the mask would slip. It did feel like that was really Neil Patrick Harris coming through.
1: Right. But it really does put into the perspective. Do you think that this was a dig at Stephen Moffat a little bit? It was was not like a mean dig, but like RTD kind of making fun of his friend for the way he killed off but didn't kill off any of his companions.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It could be. Could very well be, yeah. I mean, I, you, think, I think so.
0: you could say the same. Like, you know, Rose ended up in another universe, but she got a copy of the Doctor. Well, that's all right then. You know? Right,
1: <laughs> right, sure. Yeah, you could
0: do it with all of them, but much. at least Martha
1: had a normal ending.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess that's why she wasn't brought up because uh, yeah. we, this was an episode about regrets. It felt like.
1: Whereas all four, Justice for Rory, all four Moffat companions, yeah. had a death not death. Right. They like kind of died. Yeah, so it's 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 I, I get the criticism. It's kind of like, well, are you killing them or not? Right? Did you actually did did was there a consequence here or not? Because Stephen Moffat's companions, you could argue, other than Amy and Rory, actually got a a perfectly fine life beyond the Doctor, mm-hmm. and even Amy and Rory supposedly lived a happy life.
2: Yeah. In nineteen, whether
1: they go back to twenties, uh, New York. Yeah, got into
2: publishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Got into writing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but still, yeah. On the other hand, would you like to? Would you like to end up back in the nineteen twenties? Uh, this man waited
1: two thousand years like- for this shit.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but hey, at least you know how to play the stock market. So yeah, that that's true, right? That true. Yeah,
1: that's true,
3: right?
0: Um, my, my one gripe, so we'll, we'll talk about the by generation. I liked it, but my gripe is just the, for me, that game of catch, like, okay, this is the first game ever, but I found that game of catch, very anti-climatic. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a bit, and the thing, the thing about it is that you have this show that's consistently over the years being about what a genius the doctor is and that he uses his brain Solve, he uses his brain to solve problems, and yeah, it would have been nice if they'd, yeah, you you used a game that would really show the doctor or the doctors uh, their intelligence and they they would beat him because Mm -hmm. they're incredibly smart rather than something like catch, you know. I think they were going
1: for that, it was he wanted more of like a luck based thing because he he knows that he can't outsmart the toy maker but at the same time this isn't luck right this is actually skill yeah, uh, and, yeah. it's, and the only lucky thing about it is that he had a second partner on his team so yeah. he could go two versus one
0: yeah that's true <laughs> yeah but i guess um, they blew
1: all their budget on the spice girls that's probably what happened
0: <laughs> <laughs> spice up your life um Okay, so is everyone happy with a bi-generation or like John, do you have Yeah, John, do you have couple? I I loved it. I
2: loved it. I
1: liked it too. uh, Okay, (laughs) so when I first watched it, I was very like, I don't like that. But then, first of all, Shooty's Doctor charmed me very quickly. Yeah. Second, the way that somebody phrased it online, which I really liked, was David Tennant's Doctor is the closure to the previous show is Mm -hmm. the happily ever after for the Doctor we've seen since 2005. Or even if you want to go back further to 1963. Mm -hmm. And then Shooty's Doctor is the new adventure for Disney. Mm
3: -hmm. And I'm
1: fine with that. If we have like, okay, we finally have the happily ever after for the Doctor that he's been needing. And we're closing out the old series and we're starting fresh. That's fine with me. I think that's good.
0: And we also hear from interviews that uh, Davis apparently – said that any doctor could have bi-generated at any point. So it seems like Ooh, he, yeah. <laughs> he's leaving things open, as open as he possibly can. He's like, you know what? I want all of my toys in my toy box yeah. that I can play with. When, that I, where like. I want
1: that, that made me really nervous. <laughs> yeah. Because that sounds very, very much like uh, we're going to have a secret invasion show, right? Like there's just going to be too many shows.
0: Yeah, I don't, I hope that they've, especially considering that this is at, yeah, especially considering this is at Disney now and Disney is just learning their lesson from all the Marvel overextension. Mm -hmm. I I think they must. And they, I don't know that they'll want to invest as much into this, at least until it proves itself. And I hope they, I hope they, I hope they manage to remember lessons learned, but humans are not good at that. So we'll see. Yeah, yes. yep.
2: but, but for me, what I, what I loved about the bi-generation was simply that I've seen multiple regenerations since the old old Who, and this is the first time, well, no, it's not the first time, after Jodie Whitakers Jodie was actually the first re- first regeneration where they did something completely different, i.e. regenerate into the same face, so that was completely new mm-hmm. and also completely shocking, and thank- thankfully I hadn't read any spoilers, so I didn't know that was coming. I don't know if you guys knew it was coming with uh, him, re- with her regenerating into David Tennant, but for me, was- only because
1: uh, I came back for the David Tennant specials, right? Like yeah. I just knew he was uh, coming back already. Oh, uh, okay,
2: yeah. So Why? Well, I, 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 I made a bet with you because new.
0: I was uh, because I was dumb and I didn't know.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, yeah, so that was in itself uh, quite quite amazing. So knew and I, and I like the fact that yeah, you know we we have this mythical mythical race that. The Time Lords, and you know, they if they can travel through time, if they can invent time machines that can blend within with their surroundings, which they're supposed to do, and the is broken, then yeah, why not? Why wouldn't a bi generation be possible? And for me, it was also a complete surprise when he bi generated. So for me, I think, yeah, you know, why it's it's the same as with comics and comics comic characters, yeah, you know, when Superman began. All of the things that uh, are part of these characters, such as X-ray, vision, the super cold breath and various other powers, they were all all added later on, you know? So uh, it's things evolved with time and they've just evolved Doctor Who a bit bit more now with the bi-generation. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it.
0: And they doubled the TARDIS, so they both get the cool new TARDIS. But Shuri exactly. has Shuri's has a uh, jukebox in it, which I love.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's something we didn't. We, that's something we didn't discuss from the first one from the uh, Star Beast. The new TARDIS, the new TARDIS. What oh, do you yeah. think of the new TARDIS?
0: I mean, it's gorgeous. I, I was I was worried that they. Well, I mean, not worried per se, but I thought at first that they were just going to use it for these three specials, and then I was like, oh, well, that's also what the new one looks like. I'm like, well, yeah, that looks like an expensive set, so. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. the The thing that I would say about the bi-generation is I could actually think of two logical reasons why this doctor would have it. One was you're dealing with the toy maker and you were killed by his beam, and he's in the game of play, Right. and maybe you needed, you wanted the advantage in, you know, I'm not, I'm the doctor, I want the advantage of having a second set of hands. Uh huh maybe my my mind, my regeneration sort of pours into that, and that's how we get the bi-generation.
0: But didn't the toy maker also say something, like that he wanted to make doubles of the Doctor so that he could keep killing them over and over, something like that?
1: I think he said like a new face, right? I just, mm. I, I don't know. Well, anyway, the, my other point was, and I haven't watched the Timeless Child stuff yet, so tell me if I'm wrong about something, but it sounds like the Doctor may have abilities beyond the basic Time Lord. Yes and well, maybe yeah. maybe that's a good reason for this to only happen to right.
0: him. Well it's also like the time the time lords their abilities are based on the doctors it seems.
1: Right. Yes. But if you're copying yeah. the if you're copying the timeless child's abilities perhaps mm-hmm. the timeless child retains some abilities for itself.
2: Right. Yes, exactly. That perhaps there are more there's more about the timeless child than uh, has been shown before because he's only just discovered that he's the timeless child. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. I of and uh
0: Russell T. Davies said that he liked that twist. So it seems like he's going to, yeah. And he brought it up here. So it seems like he's going to keep it. He's going to play with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it seems, yeah, they, they left like a surprising number of uh, lingering things to carry into the next series for me. So we have the happy ending with, you know, David Tennant's Dr. 14. He gets to chill with the family and apparently like his rest and recuperation with Donna, Allows so when they buy generated, uh, shooty got was actually from a previous like from far in the future, but then somehow came out at the same time. So, because he's actually the future version of David Tennant's doctor, <laughs> uh, however, that so works.
1: Does that mean that David Tennant's doctor, that the 14th doctor, will eventually have a traditional regeneration into the 15th doctor?
0: That's that's what it seems to imply because. He, Cause he said to tenant, he said, I am, I can be more relaxed and laid back now and carefree because you rested. So I right. am, yeah, have that. So that's, I don't know. That's what I'm taking it to mean. Um, yeah. a uh, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, whatever.
1: <laughs> mm. That would be uh, fine yeah. with me. I think that's pretty cool to have sort of a, a, an already established version of the, of the doctor come back. Yeah. And
0: help them. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm fine with it. Um, and I like they gave you know Donna has a new career at Unit, which is another reason why I wonder about this Unit. Uh, yeah,
2: the Unit spinoff. I think I think that with both her and Mel, I think that's. I mean, yeah.
1: Notice they gave her five weeks of holiday, so yes. they can easily yeah. explain her being away. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> hey, but well, that's standard in Europe, so.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Fair enough.
0: But but they uh, the toy ma- the toy master when he's vanquished he says my legions are coming and we also see there's a gold tooth that he says the master was in and a hand with red nail polish picks it up so these are two lingering threads like the boss of the meep the legions of the toy master who also apparently had some sort of boss and uh, yeah both the master and or this hand do you think the hand could be a new missy
2: um it could be yeah. It could, it could you mean it could be a future iteration of the master? Yeah, the master, because for, for
0: example, or or past. We don't even know because I always oh, assume true. that Sasha Darwin's is a past iteration before Missy. Oh uh,
2: yeah, yeah I'm not sure. Because they never showed they never showed uh, the uh, Sasha Darwin's master where he regenerated from. So that's true. He could have been from the past or from the future.
1: Yeah, and then and then I guess in Missy's death scene. You, you you kind of see her fall unconscious, but she doesn't necessarily fully die, right? We no, always yeah, I mean have there's like, no way. Oh, <laughs> John Sims, John Sims was bluffing, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah
0: but I like yeah. to think that that the next version of the Master Missy, or whatever, will be more like Missy. We'll have you know, we'll carry the lessons that Missy learned. Whereas the Sasha Darwin iteration was just like a fun, you know, let's sing Rasputin and. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Yeah. I literally just got to the episode where Sasha's doctor is introduced. And unfortunately, because I already know who plays the Oh,
0: sorry. Now the you know. Doctor,
1: <laughs> I was just like, no, no, no. I, I already knew that that was the do- the, the master. Ah, uh, right. right. I, I get there and I'm like, oh, okay. That's the master. Oh, is actually the master. Okay, fine. Yeah,
2: yeah. That was a brilliant episode, by the way. I mean, yeah. Well,
1: I'm looking forward to finishing it. I'm like halfway through it. Okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a two I think it's a two is it, I think it's yeah, a two parter. It's a two parter. Yeah, it's a two parter. It's very very good. Very
1: good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say uh, I am less of a Chibnall hater than the general public, I think, based on the yeah. that I've yeah. seen.
2: Yeah, same here same here. There, there's there's a lot of griping about the Chibnall era. They were I thought they were more good stories than bad.
0: I struggled with the flux, but you liked it, Simon. didn't I you? I really I loved it. I thought the flux yeah. was
2: fantastic.
0: So, I struggled. It took um, me months to watch those episodes, but then I'm the weirdo because uh, I, I, <laughs> I thought it was amazing. No, but that's good. I'm glad. But then when I got to um, when I got to the what was it the the Dalek uh, time loop. Um, was it the time of the Daleks or whatever Mm that's that uh, holiday special new year special right after that, that was like, Oh, we are back. And I love that. And I was like, Oh, I wish every episode with Jodie Whittaker had been like this one because then there's, you know, her time was basically done by then. Yeah. But I I loved the first season. Like I loved that. um, The episode John, you and I were just talking about and Simon, I know you liked it too. The one uh, with the partition in india and pakistan that was
2: yes that was oh yes yeah yeah
1: Yeah. it was the devils and something yeah yeah i i I did really like that one
2: yeah same here
1: yeah i i'm look i haven't seen the rest of it yet so i can't make a judgment on that Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm looking forward to watching the rest of it i'm not dreading it and i'm glad about that right uh so but yeah i i think that overall these specials were absolutely fantastic can we talk about the spice girl scene before we move on to yeah. final absolutely
0: uh, <laughs> i mean i love just neil patrick harris just you know bravo
1: <laughs> yeah uh nice. absolutely fantastic and did you see that the spice girls on tiktok reposted it and said we loved seeing this
0: oh, oh, oh okay i'm fabulous I bet. Oh, yeah that's nice it's yeah. nice to hear and in the uh, American Beauty reference with him doing this Rose Angel on the ground. Uh, oh, is that what that oh, yeah. was? Yeah. Okay. Oh,
2: I didn't get the reference, but yes. That, well, that's that what I from remember.
0: Yeah. That,
3: that,
2: that, that is, but But also, you know, it was kind of, what was brilliant about it on one hand, it's it's kind of funny. There's uh, Neil Patrick Harris dancing and dancing to Spice It But on the other hand, you know, a soldier comes to comes to shoot him, and he the soldier is turned into a bunch of balloons. And, yeah. And, uh,
3: mm-hmm. and the way he
2: threw the way he threw uh, Mel, you know, like he danced with her and yeah. spun, and then she falls over, and the and, and the balloon
1: was screaming,
2: right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Oh, so God. It was it was brilliantly done. It's that brilliant mix of, sort of complete campness but also horror.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: there yeah. was it was a quietly horrific episode. Like a lot of people died in disturbing yeah.
1: ways. Yeah. And there was that tonal dissonance you have you have David Tennant really brilliantly standing there with a look of horror on his face and you have Kate asking what happened to them. They're dead, I'm sorry. Just really yes. really just he gives up. He's like, I can't do anything about this. The doctor is actually yeah. running to the rescue. He's like, I, I don't have powers like this.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah no, Jerry. that's.
0: I, I do wish that Neil Patrick Harris had had more episodes. You know, like yes. this is a villain who I would have liked to have seen his threat stretched out longer because it could have I, been. Think he, I, I, I
2: think he'll be back. Yeah, he's, I heard that. episode too. He's in a box in unit headquarters. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I check uh, box. Yeah, I think at some point, I think he'll <laughs> escape. Or he mentioned his my legions are coming, right? So yeah. we don't know mm-hmm. what that means. He mentioned that my legions are coming, so you know maybe something comes and releases him. Um, I'm sure he'll be back. He's he's uh, he's like the, in the DC comics. They have Omega. You know, the, they have these right. all powerful. Being and uh, and you know I think it's a it's a great character that has in many ways offers more than the Master. You know you have this almost omnipotent eternal with incredible power. Right. I, I think uh, it will be super exciting to see him right. up against the uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: The the Master always feels like okay he's on the level of the Doctor and that's what makes him scary because we know the Doctor is so powerful. Yes. But then this is something otherworldly. And yeah. and more other other universally, right? Like this is this is a level yeah. above what the doctor usually deals with.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. This is someone who is completely omnipotent and has effectively magical powers. Um, Right. So, uh, so I really, uh, I really hope they. I I really hope we see him again because I I think, uh, yeah, as you say, I think it's almost uh, he didn't get enough screen time. He was, he was so good.
0: Yeah, exactly. Watch. I
2: could watch him all day. So I think it'd be great if they bring him back.
0: Yeah, he's like this—the Hooniverse version of the Scarlet Witch. You know, with the chaos magic, he can manipulate reality.
1: Yeah. Well, very cool. Uh, You have some final thoughts outlined, Alicia?
0: Well, I was just thinking about, you know, so in the Day of the Doctor special, they famously call the 10th Doctor, the previous David Tennant incarnation, the man who regrets, and the 11th Doctor, um, Matt Smith, the man who forgets. And I've heard the Capaldi Doctor, the 12th, called the man who accepts, and the 13th called uh, Jodie Whittaker, the woman reborn. So I was wondering, like, does that make the fourteenth? Would that be like the man who questions? And then the fifteenth is the doctor who comforts. Oh. What do you think? Because he's he's saying you know you can't save anyone, everyone, and uh, that that hug that he gives is felt all around the world.
1: <laughs> the fourteenth is the man who goes to therapy. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and the fifteenth is the therapist.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah,
2: surely the, the best therapist would be a future version of yourself.
1: Yeah. A licensed yeah, mental true. health counselor, right? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I can tell my
0: younger self so much stuff.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly same right. here. Same here. Mm-hmm. So uh, that would be, be be wonderful if you could speak if you could talk to your younger self.
0: Yeah. Were <laughs> you guys looking forward to the Christmas special? I guess The answer is probably obvious.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah Absolutely. I am. I have you seen the track? Have you seen the trailer? Yeah. You see,
0: yeah, yeah the I-
2: Goblin the goblin song. Have you seen that?
0: Yeah, the uh, the budget really looks another step up even.
1: Yeah. I think I think RTD came out and said that they didn't have Disney money for the 60th anniversary special. Oh, really?
0: What? Yeah. But I, it looks I, like I'm they were using, sure. I mean, they clearly used Disney assets. Like they literally used Avengers Tower.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe there was some like intermediary, but I think the budget really goes up with the new season.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. It's like this is their fresh start that's where they're investing.
1: Yeah. Well, this was a blast, everyone. I'm glad that we were able to come together and talk about these specials. What do you say we take a quick break and then we come back and we take some listener feedback? Yeah, sure. And we're back. All right, guys, let's do some listener feedback. We didn't get any emails or contact form entries because that's usually how this goes on these one-offs, but I did scrape from the Discord because there was a lot of really good conversation on there. So I just pulled about five messages. The first one's the longest. I started negative and I went positive. So don't be scared if it's (laughs) immediately negative. As a reminder, you can contact us at lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or you could head to thelorehounds.com. Go to the contact page, send us a voicemail or just a uh, contact form entry. DJ Miwa on The Giggle says, This ep was just like the first special. right? Excellent right up until the second it was dumb. NPH was absolutely incredible. I didn't even know he had this gear in him. His performance was utterly magnetic and frankly terrifying. He intended definitely sold the history between the doctor and the toy maker, even though I didn't know anything about that story. However, the bi-generation one of RTD's worst ass poles, of which there are a ton. (laughs) So basically now, thanks to him, this is the third variant of the Doctor running around. Prime uh, Gotwa, Prime Doctor Gotwa, then a variant of the Tenant Doctor living with Rose in a parallel universe, and now the bi-generated Doctor complete with his own TARDIS.
0: Well, I just have to interject very quickly that there could be Every iteration of the Doctor could be running around at the same time anywhere because that's he's a time traveler. So I just want to yeah. point that out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let's also pour one out again for Martha, who mm-hmm. is the only Tenth Doctor companion without a version of David Tennant with her.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she, she can do better.
1: <laughs> the other two both got one to take home.
0: Yeah, but she should be. <laughs> she, she should uh, have her torch family with her you know she you, you have really want to leave her with mickey? john very what <laughs> you,
1: you want to leave her with mickey after all noah clark noel clark's issues <laughs>
0: oh yes <laughs> well okay
1: <laughs> yeah we uh i i think if if he's ever mentioned again he'll be either killed off or exiled somewhere
2: <laughs> uh yeah yeah i think i don't he, think he's I just, coming back I, I think he won't be mentioned again
1: yeah yeah it's
2: oh that guy over that
1: guy who used to hang out with rose that's like the extent yeah uh dj miwa continues which leads me to ask why why aren't regenerations just straightforward with rtd why the baden switches and the ass poles this was a fantastic episode and an actual regeneration would have been a great emotional capper tenant regenerating saying something like now i can go would have been the perfect compliment to his, I don't want to go. Well, we kind of got that with Alonzi. Z. I think that mm-hmm. was a fair, you know, it means let's go, right? Yeah, is, exactly. Is, yeah. Uh I thought that that was actually a really good line. I was hoping that he would actually regenerate uh <laughs> traditionally right after that. I right. thought that would have worked. No. Uh Anyway, finishes. The ass pull in the first special was bad enough. Apparently, Donna could have just given up the Time Lord powers at any time. This one no. is even worse. And despite my optimism... After last episode and 90% of this one, I now go right back to worrying about upcoming doctor stories. Sorry for being a downer. I'm sure there are folks who liked it.
0: But Donna only it was because she gave birth to a child. So that's not like you can give it away at any time, you know. That's uh you have to get pregnant and carry a child for nine months and then raise this child. Like that's you know, it's not just uh throw away whatever.
1: Yeah, and, and if I could add to that. I don't think that she could immediately just, like, wake up with the 10 seconds she has left and give it away right away Even if she didn't Mm. have it it weakened to where she can, like, think about it for a minute, figure out where the energy is in her and let go of it. I think that she really needed time, and that was the issue is that – because in the first special, when the doctor is saying, like, you have 30 seconds left, right, or 50 seconds, I don't think that was enough time for her to let that go. right. And it was only because she was able to survive through splitting the energy with her daughter that she could get rid of it. And I think that, that that made sense to me. I didn't have a problem with that.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, like, the words they were using weren't necessarily making sense to me. But I was just like, whatever. No. Um, whoever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs> they they were Elsa, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Anyway. Um, as far as this regeneration nonsense, um is this really is he is he known for doing ass pull regenerations as DJ Miwa says? Because I don't think so. Uh Eccleston to Tenant was pretty straightforward, so was Tenant to Smith.
0: Well, I don't know that he necessarily means about the regenerations, but just more about how, like Doctor Who in general is inherently like a deus ex machina kind of storytelling style, you know, just, uh, it doesn't really, something crazy is going to happen and save the thing. And it's not about, I I just turn off my brain from picking holes in, for instance, the science or whatever of it. And it's just, does it, is the emotional resonance there? Because that's the kind of storytelling it is
1: sure this is a fantasy show right this is not this is not the expanse No, right it's just never going to be and that's fine it's they're different shows so yeah i I guess uh we're just gonna have to agree to uh, disagree with dj miwa
0: but thank you for your thoughts it's good to get that perspective
1: absolutely love hearing from you dj miwa and please write in again if you decide to continue watching because i'm not sure if you are
0: (laughs) maybe the christmas special will win you over
1: (laughs) yeah Greg Saw also says, I loved the giggles, but I have some issues. OK, so that that's halfway there. The five minutes of playing catch up was kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. Uh, playing catch was kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Tenant still being around really got in the way of Gatwa Shining, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to see more in the Christmas special. Gatwa getting away and being fine with all the trauma while someone else does the work. How do I get that in real life? Fair. Uh I'm really glad we got this 14 plus Donna mini season. Something about RTD's approach just hits me way better than Moffitt or Chipnall did.
0: I would right. generally agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, generally agree with that. Although I like I said, I really liked Moffitt. I think he has his issues, but I like him. Um with him getting in the way of Gatwa, I I heard you disagree, Alicia. I I am with you. I think that Gatwa had his own vibe and yeah, it got me really excited to see him actually.
0: And and we got to see more of, of the new doctor than we normally do in a re- regeneration episode. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah,
2: exactly. Usually they get one line. Yeah. yeah. In that, you know, sometimes it just ends. They've regenerated and that's it. You don't yeah. see oh, anything. Yeah. Whereas what you immediately. My kidneys. Yourself. I don't like the color. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But what you immediately get is this incredible, this incredible charisma the new doctor has you know it's a very positive and all this energy Uh, yeah i think it's great he reminds me of matt smith oddly enough yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah. it's maybe why i'm i'm also extra excited i'm like yes let's bring back that like i like this boyish you know uh enthusiasm
1: yeah he's got the young dr riz yeah there we go (laughs) sadie who has never watched dr who before Writes in oh. and says the third special is very confusing to me and the mm. least interesting by far to me as a non-watcher.
0: I I guess I can understand that because that one was basically, I mean the Neil Patrick Harris thing is you know that's new for most people, but uh, all the Doctor Donna stuff and yeah. the regeneration that's yeah going to be. Yeah, it's yeah. going to throw new people off. I can understand, and the, men-
2: yeah. and the mention of the previous uh, assistants and that, and how it right. ended. If you don't know any of that, then yeah, it's not It's not really going to appeal.
1: Yeah,
0: I was going to say, it felt like these episodes were the fan service to get out of the way to open up the door for new for the starting with the Christmas special.
1: Yeah, I think that they are really going into this two pronged approach going into the Disney era, which is. Use this David Tennant run, little run, as a please come back, an invitation mm-hmm. to old fans, and then with the Christmas special onward, they're really you know they're renumbering it one. They're doing this young Doctor who will hopefully bring people in, and they're uh, the companions like nineteen right? So they're doing like a young companion on like Graham from the last generation, right? Um, and they I love they Graham. really justice for Graham, <laughs> justice for Graham, but but he. I think that RTD is basically saying, like, it's safe to come in now whether you've been gone for a while or you're coming in new.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And and with that two-tiered approach, these specials were not meant for new viewers. No. they were They were all right for new viewers, but they were not meant for them for sure. I think Christmas will hopefully be a really good introduction.
0: Yeah. That's the feeling I get.
1: Lee's Chips Inc. writes in. Says, great episode. I doubt David Tennant will be back on a regular basis, but I'm excited for the possibility of more Tennant plus Tate. As long as they don't make a spinoff about them, hmm. Judy Got Was Doctor should have a great chance to shine.
2: Yeah. I I, I agree with that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if perhaps, you know, in, in a future Christmas special, that uh, somehow they cross paths, the Doctor's yeah. Cross Paths. So i can yeah. imagine as a one-off, as a one-off kind of episode, and maybe, and perhaps you get to the the uh, the actual real regeneration into uh, into uh, Kuti's doctor. Maybe right. that maybe that will happen in the future. That would so, be cool. Uh, yeah, I also I hope they don't make a spin-off series.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah. I was actually ready to let go of David Tennant's doctor by the end of this. I said, "Okay, get out of the way for the mm-hmm. new guy." Um. There, there was this great TikTok somebody made where they took the scene of the master rolling in the doctor on a wheelchair when he made him old and oh, they yes. said, it's David Tennant at 90 being asked to come back for the hundredth anniversary. because. <laughs> down.
0: I mean, yes, <laughs> I don't mind if they bring him back every now and then for these, for these, um, you know, one-off sort of things. Uh, I don't know if I need an entire spin-off. I wouldn't hate it as long as they wait a while. They need, I agree. They need to give the new era a chance to take root before they start piling on the fan service for the old era.
3: Yeah.
2: Or perhaps the new UNIT spin-off series. Right. Well, that's what I thought. Have a doctor appearing, maybe Tennant's doctor appearing yeah. as scientific advisor, as he as the third doctor was.
1: Yeah, it reminds me there's this comic run for Captain America where he gets turned into an old man and then right. gives Falcon the mantle and he's just like a consultant for the Avengers. And maybe that's what that's what David Tennant's doctor does. They give him a call every now and then he comes yeah. in, he does a voiceover over the phone and that's it.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's true. Like that.
0: yeah. yeah. You no, know, I mean, yeah, especially he's living with Donna. Donna's hired by Unit. Yeah, I'm thinking he would slot in nicely as an occasional guest star in the Unit series.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, one last piece of feedback. Paradise says, uh, I love the arc, but I've always been a fan of the Tenant Doctor. That said, if the point of this mini arc was to re-engage the Who fans and get them hyped for Shooty, who it fully worked for me. Yeah. Which I think is a good note to end on.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Bring
0: on the Christmas special. (laughs) And the, what is it, gnomes? The attic gnomes or whatever?
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, this was a fun time talking with both of you. Are there any closing thoughts about who before we talk about where to find you? You Uh, My only
2: closing closing thought would be, you know, I'm just looking forward to what will be the, the new era and. And let's hope it goes from strength to strength.
1: Very cool. Um,
0: I just wanted to point out that a lot of people have been discussing online that when the bi-generation happened and the doctors split split their clothes, that a lot of people like to remember that David Tennant ended up without underwear. So you can imagine Commander (laughs) Doctor for the rest of your time. But no, I can't well, wait for I can't wait for the shooty doctor, um, just the energy that he's already brought to it. And I just find him such a charismatic actor already. So.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited for Christmas, and I don't know if we'll be back for Christmas. We'll see because his scheduling gets a little tricky. But I think, Alicia, perhaps you and I will talk about some some future coverage of Doctor Who. Yeah. On this feed.
0: Sounds good.
1: Simon, are you working on any projects that people can check out?
2: um no not really no no not really Uh, very 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 happy to be here i mean i I have a i have a blog in amsterdam but it's uh, don't don't worry i'm good i'm good
0: (laughs) (laughs) so actually that's how simon and i first know uh, originally know each other is we were content creators about amsterdam
1: oh cool yeah Yeah, he, he was telling me that uh that you knew each other through work but i wasn't sure what kind of work exactly
2: yeah, and we also did a radio uh used, yeah. used to appear on the on right. a radio, radio show a lot uh, as well. So pretty bad.
1: Right. Very cool. Uh Alicia, do you want to tell everyone what you're doing on the World Shift Dust feed?
2: Uh yes, sure.
0: So, uh we are wrapping up the Beacon 23 coverage. Um so the last two episodes actually are going to drop on the 17th. So, uh, we're going to be recording it and I'm going to be getting out to that final episode as the holidays allow. And also there will be holiday specials um, uh, around the It's a Wonderful Life to the new movie It's a Wonderful Knife, multiverse of movies, oh, nice. <laughs> I'm calling it. Um, and then on the book club, we... Abby and I have recorded our shift breakdown, so I'm editing that to get out. And then obviously we'll be continuing with uh, Dust and the Silo stories and the rewatch.
1: Cool. Really looking forward to it. Over on Properly Howard, you can find their full season of uh, remakes that they covered. You know, Howard the Duck, White Man Can't Jump, RoboCop, all, all the fun stuff on the Severance feed, which is also in the show notes. And you can find Wool Shift Dust in the show notes as well you will find their coverage of season one, which I think they're almost done with. And then we will be joining them for season two. So make sure you go subscribe to that. As far as the Lorehounds, this is coming out shortly after we record it. So uh, other things coming out in December, just to tie off the year, we don't have anything weekly coverage right now, just because of the way that the scheduling worked out. But we have a podcast on Skyrim, a podcast on Hogfather by Terry Pratchett, which is kind of a fun Christmas Woo-hoo. book that is very british if you like doctor who you'll probably like that and um we have our second breakfast top 10 rankings which i know alicia you and i are going to record your rankings right after this very exciting for that
0: and we have uh rebel moon uh breakdown coming up when that comes oh
1: right out
0: on that right. rank. yeah
1: right you guys are, are doing a lot of stuff lately that i'm not mm-hmm. even uh, that i don't even uh go on so Plenty of stuff coming on the. You are
0: always welcome. (laughs) Well,
1: thank you, thank you. Uh, Rebel Moon makes me very nervous because of who's involved, but (laughs) maybe I'll come on the next one.
0: But now with a negative, uh, there's some negative backlash, and I'm I'm uh, I'm prepared to like it now, just to be contrary.
1: (laughs) Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, really quickly, I just want to thank our Patreon lore masters. They are Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC, Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Duve 71 Brian8063, Frederick H., Sarah L., Gareth C., Eric F., Matthew M., Sarah M., DJ Miwa, Andra B., Kwangyu, Yu, Laura G., Dead Eye Jedi, Bob, Nathan T., Alex V., Aaron T., Sub-Zero, Aaron K., and Adrian. Thank you all so much. And thank you to all our patrons for helping support the show and helping us do fun things like the Doctor Who anniversary uh, helps us justify taking time to talk about all this nerdy stuff. So thank you again. You can always go to patreon.com slash the lorehounds if you want to uh, get ad free content and bonus episodes for as little as three bucks a month. Until next time, pleasure speaking with Alicia and Simon.
0: Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye.
1: The Lorehounds Podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds Podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening.
0: A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning.